What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. And that's it. Uh-oh. Yep, we are, uh, we're practicing the rule of two tonight. Yep, R.I.P. Drew. R.I.P. Uh, Drew. It was, it was great. Um, it, was va- it was great having you along. Um, yep. But he's moved on to bigger and better things, and now it's just the two of us, Jeremiah. Yep, for one week, and then we're gonna see how terrible this goes, and then next week we'll pick up, and it'll be great. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know, um, Drew had a kid. Yeah, and uh, so again, congratulations to to you, Drew, and to Stephanie. Uh, so far, from what Jeremiah and I've heard, things are going well. Yeah, um, nothing bad has happened. He actually called me this this afternoon. Uh, there was a possibility he was gonna leave a voicemail for tonight he didn't get to do that uh which is totally fine but he called me i didn't answer it um because i was working on something and my immediate thought was something wrong something's wrong like why right something has to be wrong for him to be calling me because he just had a kid and then uh, that's that's set for like i don't know maybe like a solid minute and then i was like wait why would he be calling me of all people (laughs) to to do that and so uh i texted him he's like no dude sorry nothing's wrong i just wanted to see how i could give you a get you a video uh and leave a voicemail but anyways uh so yeah congratulations to you both drew uh we wish you the best and we hope you're getting sleep yes definitely i i don't know how realistic that is um but we do we do we do hope things are going super well and for everyone who's listening or uh in the exclusive watch party we have going in our discord right now uh because drew's not here to run the normal live stream uh you know hopefully hopefully things don't completely fall apart right uh but no it's gonna be good um and uh we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes so tonight we are gonna be doing a cantina discussion yeah because we have all these things planned and then one of your hosts decides to have a kid. Yeah, like Whatever. so selfish. Yeah, and uh, and so you have to improvise. You have to kind of pivot and, and do things uh, based on life's uh, circumstances. Uh, it was supposed to be an EU with Andrew episode. It was. Which would have been perfect because they just recently announced, officially announced the remake of Knights of the Old Republic. Wait, is that a little uh, spoiler for next week's EU it, with Andrew? It's a, it's a little spoiler. I'm not going to say anything else, but the timing would have been perfect. I don't know. Part of me is like, I want to see the story in the video game before I hear it from you. I don't know. but Well, here's the the thing uh, on a side kind of side caveat thing. Uh, There's a you you decide a lot of what happens in that game. Okay. So there's still a lot of stuff for you to do on your own. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, The the overall kind of plot is set in stone, but. 
Right. You could you can do what you want in that game, or at least that, I hope that that mechanic will be a part of that. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but right. uh, yeah. So tonight we're having a cantina discussion. I've got a question, um, and for those of you who don't know what these are about, uh, it's something we started a while ago. Uh, normally we do these in rotations of threes or twos, depending on the schedule. Uh, but uh, the goal is to have one person, one of the hosts have a question. The other two people do not, or in this case, the other person does not know what that question is. Uh, and then it is a completely candid, unscripted discussion about that question. Um, hopefully it's thought provoking. Hopefully it's interesting. I think the the ones that we've done so far have been really good. So uh, we're going to carry on that tradition tonight. Just a reminder, um, we're like two weeks away from one week away from visions that's next week oh, time flies man oh my goodness I'm wednesday so excited. of next week so it'll be two weeks before we are on air talking about it yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah. we'll be able to watch it i'm gonna binge watch that next wednesday <laughs> oh i am too yeah we're so to prepare yourself so you've got an eu with andrew episode and then at the very least, one episode, probably multiple episodes, depending on yes. how long the, the the mini stories are, the mini films, the the visions, are. yeah, the, <laughs> the visions. Uh, so, anyways, set a reminder if you need to. You probably don't, but just make sure you watch that so that you can be up to date when we actually start covering that content. Uh, so, without further ado, Jeremiah, let's start this cantina discussion, shall we? All right, let's dive right in. So the light of uh, the light of the Jedi and into the storm, the whole the high rising Republic storm. Sorry, the rising storm. <laughs> there's a lot of storm related media out there related to Star Wars, and and it gets it gets jumbled in my mind. Um, it got me thinking, and we touched on this in a, a little bit in the book review that we did. Um, but it got me thinking about what the role of the Jedi actually is. So we know what it was in the prequels, right? Mm -hmm. We know that they were very, very closely connected to the Senate. And then of course they became army officers and generals and, and they led the, the clone troopers in the clone wars. We know that in the high Republic era, they're not as bound they're not as um, connected to the Republic as they would be later on. Um, they're not quite military leaders. They're much more peacekeepers. But then there's there's still this interesting tie between them and the Republic where stuff hits the fan and it's the Republic, like the Republic's immediate response to say, hey, come, come help us. We need your help. Lead this relief effort or lead this defense against these pirates or right. the Nihil or whatever. And... I guess the question is, we've, we have these two different time periods now, and in their own unique ways, we've seen how those, both of those roles have the potential to fall apart um, on both sides. So what is, this is the question, what should have been all along the role of the Jedi? Right? Because... And this is something that I've actually spent a lot of time kind of going in circles on because your initial thought is, oh, they're peacekeepers. They're supposed to be peacekeepers. Like that's what they call themselves. But then at the same time, 
at what point is the line drawn where they don't get involved? What point is it when they do get involved? And then you can't fully say, well, they need to be completely disengaged because they have this tremendous ability to help people, this potential to do good. It would be like, you know, the one person that can completely do the relief effort for Ida, just telling them, no, no, don't get involved. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in these moments that arise, these tragedies, you can't not tell them to help. But at the same time, when does that helping become too much of a reliance? And like, so for me personally, it's been this like cycle of, well, they need to be far more far, you know, farther removed because in the prequels, we see that that was their downfall, but they can't be completely removed because we see in the high Republic that they were a massive help in these disaster, you know, these times of disaster. And so I guess that's the question that, that I want to pose is it, from your perspective, knowing what you know now about these two canon eras of star Wars, and then obviously the sequels, what happens in the sequels when the Jedi and the original trilogy, when the Jedi aren't present, uh, what do you think the role of the Jedi should have been for the best possible outcome? Well, I think of something, I think uh, it was Obi-Wan Kenobi said in a Clone Wars episode. Um, I can't remember <clears throat> what the what storyline it was, but it was something, there was a conflict on a planet, and he says it's an internal affair, so we, the Jedi, can't intervene. So... It's something like if something is happening on a specific planet and there's like a civil war, like they're not Jedi are not supposed to intervene. But if another planet were to come in and attack that other planet, then it's no longer an internal affair. And then the Jedi could intervene. So that, cause that's what, what they did with in the clone wars is they, they fought on planets where the separatists came Try and tried to establish their dominance. Um, yeah, and so it's it's like they are a a mediator. That's mediator slash like what's the the attack the offensive side of a mediator called? I don't know, but um, they go in to settle disputes and um, negotiate because like we see that in. The Phantom Menace, Qui Gon and um, Obi Wan, they go to um, Naboo to try uh, and you know do be mediators for that talk, and so that's kind of like what they're doing. They go in and help in situations, but they don't take the lead necessarily. Um, and so I think we kind of see that more in the Light of the Jedi, where they go where they're needed and they're not, but they don't choose to do things unless they're asked in a sense. I can't remember all the specifics of light of the Jedi, but there's like, I think it was in that first like disaster part, like the first third of the book or whatever with, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one of the Jedi, I can't remember who it was. was like, they were asked, can you help? I was like, yeah, just what do you want me to do? Like, that yeah. was it. Like, 
they're just there to help. Yeah. And so whenever, and so like when we talked about the rising storm, like, like I read a quote from one of them, one of the chapters about how Stellan was very, he said he felt he was very integrated into the Republic and part of who the Republic was. And now he, is as if he became an agent of the Republic rather than a third party that would be there to help. And so that's, yeah. like, you know, like I said, you know, this is probably where the start of the fall of the Jedi began was when they yeah. got so married to the Republic that they were no longer a, a separate entity. They weren't a third party in a sense, and they should have always been a third party. Um, so I kind of just Googled um, the Jedi code. And so, you know, the whole thing about like, there is no emotion, there is peace type yeah. all this stuff. And so it's, they're there to have peace, knowledge, serenity, harmony, and to live in the force. Yeah. And so when you take sides and something like that, you're going to have, emotion you're gonna have ignorance you're gonna take up, up the passion of a side you're going to um join potentially join a side of a chaos and then you're gonna because you're intervening in this you're gonna bring death in a sense and so yeah um it's all about it's all about them being a third party and going where they're needed not being part of an entity yeah, I So obviously, you know, I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's a slippery slope though. <laughs> uh because um you know I the so the the first allegiance it's like we've talked about uh, in another Cantina discussion. Like, what was the what was the fault? What was the 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 thing that led to the downfall of the Jedi? What was their major flaw? And one of the things that we discussed in detail was the allegiance to the Senate and how they lost the their allegiance to the Force first and foremost, and became more not politicians, but ambassadors meet you know more official in more official terms the mediators like you said and and then on the other hand when you're pursuing the light side of the force and your goal is to keep peace you're automatically aligned internally in a, in a very strong way with good with with doing good right and so like we saw in those Clone Wars episodes, like you were saying, like Ahsoka had that desire. I'm pretty sure it was Ahsoka. She was like, why can't, like, why are, why are we not intervening? We need to intervene. We can help. We can do this. We have the ability to do it. And I think it's a slippery slope because there, there has to be a line, right? Where if your allegiance is entirely to the force and keeping peace, but there's not a line. You find yourself in the exact situation the Jedi did, where the Senate, you know, the Republic as a whole comes to them and they're like, hey, we need your help. We need your help keeping peace. It's the right thing to do. And they just go in immediately and do it. And then that was the very thing that set them up 
for order 66. Um, but you know, at the same time, you can't also completely seclude yourself, right? Uh, because like you said, they, they are mediators. They needed to be mediators. And so there are situations where they have to step in, um, because they've, they've been granted any force user in the star Wars universe has been granted a tremendous amount of power and ability that makes them very well suited, if not perfectly suited to help in times of, of need and especially to help those, uh, who, who can't help themselves. And, and so that, I guess that's the thing that I've been really struggling to define is what is that line? You know, like, was it wrong for the Jedi to step in as this is kind of like a sub question, I guess, like this could honestly be its own thing, but we're on the topic. So like, was it wrong for the Jedi to step in to the Clone Wars as, as the leaders, you know, could the same outcome, the same victories have been accomplished with military, like normal military leaders? Because like, obviously you have people like, dude, Tarkin was a part of the Republic. Right. He was a military leader and he's overly comp competent to do, to do that stuff. You know, like he's a right. brilliant. He, he said that, um, he doesn't agree with the tactics of the Jedi because they're, they're not do willing to do what it takes to win. Right. But he could see an Anakin that he was yeah. willing to do things that the Jedi order would not necessarily approve of. And so, but it's like, I'm trying to think back to episode two, like why it was decided that the Jedi would lead. Is it because they're commissioned by the Jedi? Like on paper, like Sifo-Dyas ordered the creation of the army. Like, so like it's, I don't, it's I don't for remember. the Republic, but like, that's actually I, a really good question. I don't remember because like the top of my head. Why were the Jedi put as leaders? Because you know Yoda goes and gets them, the clones. Yeah, and then, and then the Jedi for the rest of that battle, they they just automatically start taking lead to like. So, uh, it, it says as part of his plan to destroy the Jedi Order, Palpatine asked them to lend their wisdom and experience by leading the new clone army as generals. So they were asked. Interesting. But we didn't see that on screen though. I don't think so. Also, I just got a notification that Google, like the overall Google, uh, portal has a dark theme now. That's cool. <laughs> just turn that on. That's been uh, a thing, dude. Yeah, well, I I guess I'm just late <laughs> to the party. It just, it just showed up for me. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, you have the ability of precognition. <laughs> you know, you're a brilliant fighter. Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, what do you think? Was it Was it right of them to get involved in that way? Would the war have gone differently if not? Like, was them being involved... I mean, to be fair, they didn't win, technically. But you know, was it was it their responsibility? You know, if, well, if tech, you, you could say that they won because 
they defeated Grievous, and that would have been the last, you know, final thing to cause the collapse of the Separatists. That's fair. But then, uh, Palpatine's like, "Oh crap! Oh crap! Order sixty six! Quick! 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 Quick!" Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting the button. Go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know, because it's like, who else could have led? There wasn't there wasn't a military. And so there was no, there were no generals in general. <laughs> generals in general, you know what I mean? But, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like, who else was there that could? Because, like, yeah, you had, you had what? Tarkin and Yularen. Who else was there? <laughs> there was... Yeah, there I wasn't mean, really that many other. Uh, what's it, Mieber Gaston? You could have him. Gosh, <laughs> I mean, there's three. You got three I, for the whole. I, I do think it's interesting because that you say that, but because of course, after the Clone Wars, you have all of these Imperial officers. I yeah. mean, were they of good quality? That's up for debate. Um, but I feel like I feel like they could have. I don't know. Even even bred clones. I mean, you you breed clones to be commandos, you know, right. uh, to be art troopers in one way or the other. Um, you know, why not? You know, I mean, like obviously, you know, you've got Tech, who's incredibly smart, and he was genetically engineered to be that way. Obviously, that doesn't make him a brilliant tactician. Uh, you know that the being a tactician is a little bit harder to to produce in someone. Than just giving them a high IQ or brute strength or whatever, but at the same time, I don't know. The, the The reason the Jedi fell, we know, is one of the main reasons is because of their proximity to the war and to the clone troopers as leaders. Um, and and I I really don't think that they should have been involved. But then at the same time, you y- you just asked a really important question: then who? And I don't have an answer for that, you know, because the only thing it, I could think of is, you know, every, I mean, not every, but a lot of plants probably had their own, like a defense force, a defense force. Like, cause we see yeah. that with the Tegrutas and rising storm, like they had yeah. their own military force. And so like there could have been, you know, military leaders throughout the galaxy they were just military leaders for their own people. Yeah. But, you know, it would be hard for the, to sway them to join a bigger fight. Yeah. Just not their own people specifically. And, and, and like we see today, you know, different planets. Uh, the one thing that always, like, really ba- kind of baffles me, when I, especially when I read the books, is, like, the sheer scale of the galaxy, right? Right. And how, if you think about it, you know, on Earth— we have our own world economies, right? We don't even have a centralized economy that is uniform, right? Per se, we have you know each individual country has its own economy. We do have a you know, we have a world economy, but we're using different currencies and all these things. And you th- you take that, and then you just multiply that by like you know yeah. a few thousand planets. And so you would obviously have different levels of funding. Some worlds are more poor. Some worlds, obviously, the closer you get to the core, the more wealthy they are. Like all of these things. And so even still, the defense forces are, you know, they're, it's hit or miss. It's like right. some of them would be great. You know, like uh, Tarkin's homeworld, 
had a had a really good defense force. Um, and uh, in the book Tarkin, which I would highly recommend anyone reading, it's canon. Uh, it talks about that defense force and and how like skilled they were. But like that's you know they had Naboo had had a defense force. Like that's where the that's where the the, the N one starfighters were from. But like. I'm saying maybe they should have just hired the Gungans to lead the, <laughs> the war. <laughs> I feel like after I feel like after the Battle of Naboo, the Gungans were like, "Nah, we're good. Hey, we did, we did it." <laughs> hey, Boss Nass, if you're listening, <laughs> tell us what you would have done differently if you were able to take the lead on in a clone army, yeah, yeah, battalion yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, uh, so so it's tricky, you know, uh, when you have something like the Jedi that's decentralized universal link because i mean that's really what you you need when it comes to if you have the army but you don't have the leaders what you need is a unified force to lead it and it's much more difficult to bring the planetary defense force leaders of a handful of worlds together and do that than it is the the jedi who are already kind of pre you know dispositioned for military martial situations um I think I do think that the the and I've said this before the High Republic Jedi so far have been my favorite rendition um, because they do seem to have a much better balance. Obviously, we we both agree that it's beginning to slip, but right. um, even even in this in this situation, we we do see like they can't completely avoid the proximity to the Republic to the Senate to the Chancellor. Because a disaster happens, they step in to do something. Obviously, there's a point person who's working with the governing body of the Republic to coordinate efforts and relief and, you know, clean up and, and all of these things. Um, but, but I do. I, I think there needs to be a line. And I think that line has to come, has to fall uh, with the Grand Master or Grand Masters and the Council and then it has to be upheld all the way down the chain. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I wish Yoda had done better. You know, um, not right. to say that he made the wrong decision, but I think I think Yoda and Mace Windu, especially, you know, during the towards the end of the Clone Wars, were just like, other than being skeptical, skeptical, were just like, yeah, whatever the Chancellor asks or whatever we're gonna whatever the Republic needs, we're just gonna do it, you know. Um, because right. you see it, you see in the, the situation, uh, in the scene in the council chambers where you get the famous line of what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? They're just like sending Jedi masters, like, like they're making military decisions right inside the council chamber. It's like, okay, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? Thanks. Kiati Mundi, but Yoda will go. And it's like, Obi-Wan's going to go to Utapau and he's going to lead these forces and because we know now that they were connected with a specific, you know, group of soldiers, like Obi-Wan had Cody and his his platoon, you have, you know, Anakin and the 501st, like, it wasn't just them going. It was like them and a few thousand clone troopers going right. with them. <laughs> um, and so by the time we see them in Revenge of the Sith, they're, in my opinion, at least way too far down that rabbit hole where they're like, it shouldn't be they shouldn't be deciding who goes where it should be the republic 
saying, hey, we've got wind of General Grievous on Utapau. Do you want to send a Jedi with us to be kind of the combat specialist? Because, like, who are you going to send against a four-armed lightsaber-wielding foe? You're going to send a Jedi, right? You're not going to send, right. you know, I don't know, maybe a commando unit could have... Well, if the bad... Ooh, ooh. What if? The bad ooh. batch. Star Wars is going to do what if. I'm joining the Marvel what if stuff. That's yeah. really cool. I but. mean, I don't know. I feel like because Grievous didn't have the Force. Now, if it's Dooku, whole different story. But, I mean, I don't know. Because Grievous didn't have the Force, the Bat Batch might have been able to give him a run for their, his money. I don't know. I mean, we'll never know. <laughs> Unless... Well, you do Dave Floney, if you're listening, can you please do a Star Wars rendition of the What If series? That would That'd be, be really, really cool. Good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because like the Infinity comics were great. Like, where else are you going to see Yoda drive the Death Star <laughs> into the planet surface, of course? Not? Like, <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. But yeah, there needs to be a line. And uh, so, since you're eu specialist okay like there were other wars that the jedi were involved in like how were they involved in other things like there's like the war with mandalore like obviously it's all jedi versus all mandalorians but like what was did the difference in the eu with how the jedi interacted with wars um so they're they're kind of the main they're, they're these larger phases right that you have to break it up into the older public. They were way more involved, way more involved. Like what we see in the clone wars, right? Um, they, you have the prequels and the original trilogy, which we know what that was like, but in, in the expanded universe post return of the Jedi for a while, there wasn't any Jedi like until Luke, built the temple back up and then they did, they did take part in the fighting that, I mean, um, especially earlier on because Luke was so connected to the central government because of Leia, you know, she was very connected. You know, she wasn't always leading the Republic, but she was always d deeply involved. And so when there were, when there would be a new threat, especially as they were building up their solidified military, Luke was called upon to, to be kind of like the, it's like the special unit in battlefront. <laughs> you know, it's like the normal troops aren't cutting it, send in the special guy and Luke would do it or, or, or anytime, yeah. obviously something related to the force would happen. Right. Um, he and the Jedi order would get involved. And, and, I, and that is a good distinction um, where in cases like the Yuuzhan Vong, Abeloth, um, where the threat is too much to handle because this isn't the clone wars like the yuzan vong that wasn't a, the, the situation where it was just a bunch of battle droids with normal weapons versus a, a republic army like this is like an extra uh galactic threat that has a completely different biology they have a different form of weaponry they i mean like Everything's different. So you have to call in, you know, for lack of a better term, the special forces. But the interesting thing, the main difference between 
the expanding universe and canon is that there was always an army. There was a there was a militarized element of the Republic that was ready in one sense or the other to to step up to the fights. Um right. which is the main difference from canon. I mean, like one of the main like subconflicts, obviously, in the High Republic novels is Senator Toon trying to get the Republic Defense Force set up. And then the reason the clone army is created, aside from the plot to destroy the Republic, is because there was no military. Whereas, like, for example, in the Old Republic game, the Knights of the Old Republic, there are actual Republic and also Sith forces. That was the other thing. Like, it, it was much more widely accepted to have massive armies where it was a combination of force wielders and normal troops. Um, like we see in the Bane, the Bane novels, you, you catch a glimpse of that. But there was there was a more centralized military force. And that was I was gonna get there at some point. But I think the the call upon the Jedi and the role of the Jedi would have been completely different had there already been an established tried and true like weathered defense force because right. i think i i wholeheartedly believe that if the separatists attacked the way that they did but the republic had one an army and two well-trained competent leaders the jedi wouldn't have been sucked in right um so that that's that's and i've honestly i've never thought about that difference until you just asked it but like there's a um there's there's a few there's a few novels that I've read, um, the Thrawn trilogy being some of them. Uh, there's another book called The New Rebellion, which is a, a another completely different story post Return of the Jedi, um, Rogue Squadron, those novels, but like the Rebel Alliance, not until much 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 later doesn't demilitarize like they they stick around their fighting forces stick around for a good long time. Um, and then even after they did demilitarize it, you know, in the case of the Yuuzhan Vong, they teamed up with the Imperial remnant <laughs> to, to fight them off. Um, right. so, um, so I'm trying to think, um, when we get to the sequels, there's no, even then there's no military, right? No, they, they have they, to secretly fund the resistance because the galaxy doesn't have their own military anymore. Yeah, they do. De so they like, demilitarize. It's interesting because even though the game was terrible, Star Wars Squadrons, like, oh, yeah, like I'm trying to think. Okay, I can't remember a lot from that game because it was so terrible, but um, <laughs> dang, <laughs> um, the resist or the, the rebellion was still leading to military efforts against the remnants of the empire. Yeah. And so I guess at some point they were dissolved and no longer needed. Like, so it's, it's like that weird cycle where it's like, they need, know they need it and they don't have it. Like it seems like there's, there's a cycle of them needing a military presence because something's yeah. going to rise. Like, yeah don't have a military presence 
you know, you're more vulnerable. So, yeah. Well, and I'm not, I'm not going to apply this. I'm going to stay away from the real world. Um, but obviously the presence of a military post some sort of a revolution can either, can either make or break your loyalty, the, the loyalty you have, the, the support you gain. Um, you know, like for example, you know, on Raxus, people are like, or no, it was, um, Ryloth. And they were like, this seems like, you know, why haven't the troops left yet? This is, this seems like a, you know, a military op- occupation. And obviously you don't want to do that, but there is need for the, the, some sort of a, a, the ability to react and defend should something on a galaxy wide scale happen. Right. And I think the new Republic, they were just like, uh, we're just going to make sure people know that we're not the empire. We're just going to get rid of it all. Whereas the new Republic in the novels, it lingered until they knew for sure that they could provide stability. But like, but like even then, even when they had it, it wasn't like they were, they were, you know, they had bases, they had outposts, but it wasn't like they were occupying planets, um, in the way that the empire did. And, you know, like kind of coming full circle. I think the reason the Jedi in Canon were looked to look to and called upon the way that they were was because they didn't have a, a front line. Like they were peacekeepers because there were no peacekeepers. There wasn't a military that you could call in and say, Hey, there's a, there's a, you know, the trade federation is, is blockading Naboo send in some ambassadors and they're actually from the Republic military, not the Jedi. I'm, you know, and, and as I'm saying this, I'm like, well, you need a, you need a removed third party, an unbiased third party. You don't want to send a Republic military officer or an ambassador in. So like you'd still need the Jedi, but, but what I am saying is like, had there been a military, they probably would have been able to sit out a lot more. I mean, like even in, the the high republic books you know uh but there is prestige and there is weight to being a force user and doing it well and and that's something that you can't you can't replace that expectation would always be there you know that at a certain point some something would happen the galaxy or an individual planet would face something that is too too much for that that military body to handle and they would have to be called in but you know they can't be hermits because that's a waste like what is the what like what's the point of of learning and developing your skills and and following the light side of the force if you're never spurred to action fun fact i was kind of like a nickname in college, I was the hermit because I just stayed in my dorm and did homework. <laughs> <laughs> and it got me good grades, I can tell you that. Yeah. So it's not completely worthless. <laughs> yeah, there were uh, there were a few of those people that like they they would randomly show up 
at dinner or something and be like, dude, I forgot you're even on my floor. Okay, so this is a tangent, but this is super funny. Okay. So um, I think it was my sophomore year. Um, so for those of you who don't know, we went to North Central University. And so there's like brother-sister floors. So like yeah, you'd be paired, like all the guys on one floor would be paired with like like another, like a girl's floor, like in another building, be like, so you guys can do like special events together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we <laughs> convinced our sister floor that this kid, Ricky Stammen, lived in this dorm, like a single dorm, like just by himself. But he's always working, always in the class. Like he, he was just never there. And we convinced all these girls that there was this guy that lived in this dorm that was never there and they never saw for the whole year. And we created a Facebook page for him and everything, oh, and like oh. he'd like randomly show up in like a like a the group and like say, "Hey, yeah, I wish I could have go to this event, but you know I can't." And so like we convinced him the whole year, and it wasn't until like the very end where like they're like, "We think you made this all up. I don't think he's real." But <laughs> Did, was your RA in on it? Every everyone was the all the guys thing. on the floor were on it. So we because we all had to play the part. Yeah, it was funny. Wow, that's that's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, we I had a few people, I had a few people that uh that were non-existent for various reasons. Um and that's really all I can say because <laughs> I didn't really know them. Uh we did have one guy uh go into his room to take a nap. I might have told did I tell you this tell the story on air? I don't think so. Uh we had a, my know. freshman year, we had a guy go in his room to take a nap, locked his door, uh, which I guess I can understand. People came in our rooms uninvited all the time, but like he locked his door and, and uh, he had his, he had his second bunk lofted really close to the ceiling. And I don't know why we, we, we never knew why, but he had a seizure and he fell off his bed and he hit his head on his desk on the way down. And then because his door was locked, he sat there for like an hour or two before someone found him. And he was okay. Like nothing bad other than some some minor head injuries. Like I don't even think he ever had a seizure again. Like he, he got checked out. Everything's fine. Like he's good to go. He's alive. He's well. <laughs> but, like, but like I had a, I actually had a colleague, a really good friend of mine uh, who worked with me uh at north central when we both worked there full time and he was in the room beside him and he heard the thud and everything and didn't know what it was <laughs> so like years later we're, we're talking about this story and he's like no i heard that happen uh and his roommate was gone for that weekend or something and so he just yeah it was long story short don't be a hermit get out and see people at least sometime so people know that you're okay yeah. Uh that's college for you. Um but anyways. <laughs> uh yeah, there was there was a lot of things that happened that year that a lot of crazy stories from college. Shouldn't have. Even we, as a hermit, there's a lot of crazy stories that I was We we moved a door frame. Um the metal, you know those metal door frames that they have in Phillips yeah. around the around the doors. Yeah. We moved one. No, excuse me. I'm not going to say we you don't want to be part of this some some guys i was standing in the door frame but it wasn't i wasn't involved in what happened <laughs> directly um they moved a door frame like a solid two inches to the left 
Like, do you know how much momentum you have to have <laughs> to move one of those metal door frames? They were cart jousting with the, <laughs> the with the rolling carts, the big heavy like industrial carts he used to move in yeah. and out. And they had some Nerf swords and they would go full sprint at each other. Anyways, uh, the stories, the stories we broke that we two, have. two uh, uh, fire sprinklers, like. Two separate occasions and like less than a week apart from each other. Dude, I flooded Carlson twice. <laughs> bro, that happened in Phillips my junior year when I was the lieutenant of the security department and on call. Weird flex, but okay, lieutenant. <laughs> well, the reason I say that is because I was expected to be there at 1.30 in the morning. I was writing an essay in an apartment heard the fire alarms going off. I was in the one right outside of Phillips, right there on the right. Yeah. <laughs> Had my window open, saw this flashing light. I was listening to music, sitting there typing up an essay. And I was like, is that a fire alarm? And I see the lights. And then all of a sudden people start like just flooding the parking lot, getting out of the building. And I'm like, oh gosh, the alarm's going off. So I had to like <laughs> go like put on my security, like my like yeah. vest and everything and, and like ran in and then, was up until like 3 a.m. Uh, cleaning up dissolved ceiling tiles, like cork ceiling tiles. You had to clean that up? We were, it was part of it, yeah. Oh, I was like, housekeeping, they can do themselves. Well, they were on the second floor <laughs> on 2 West where it happened Oh, because an officer at the time was, they were throwing Nerf weapons around and he threw a Nerf tomahawk and sheared the sprinkler head off. <laughs> There was definitely like a solid six inches of standing water. In, oh no! In the yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Oh gosh. Anyway, the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, where were, where were we? Oh, don't be a hermit. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the podcast chat here. Riley says, "LOL, Andrew the Hall Monitor." <laughs> yeah. Okay. If that also meant having to get drunk people off of campus and dealing with people who broke into vehicles and people peeing that was those are always the the best and i say that with every amount of sarcasm i can muster the best calls <laughs> when someone has to tell someone to put away their private areas their private parts <laughs> um because they're drunk anyways um but bringing it all the way back uh riley said something earlier in the chat i caught this while we were talking um and it's the chat is popping off so much that like I completely lost where it was. Oh, here it is. Force sensitive heroes traveling the galaxy, bringing justice to those above the law. Not hermits, Jedi Rangers. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. It, it and I and that was I think that's one of the things that they portrayed really well in the High Republic is there were outposts. Obviously, yeah, right. which and in the prequels, like we don't like I don't think that was really a thing. Like we know that there were other Jedi temples because but of I rebels. The only other thing I can think of is um Jedi Fallen Order. Um uh Cal, he's uh did you play the game? No. I don't have a PlayStation. Oh, that's right. So there's this Jedi, I forget his name, he's researching these 
I think I think they're like force sensitive beings. Like during the Clone Wars, like when he's off trying to research these this ancient people, uh, and so he's on these random planets searching and stuff, and you kind of see his like he has like a hologram diary where he leaves stuff or whatever. And so you see him, you know, doing his research, looking at artifacts and stuff. So he was doing this during the Clone Wars. So there were Jedi out there doing stuff separate from yeah. the, the war. Um, yeah. But, you know, there probably weren't too many because, you know, Order 66 kills almost all of them. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that did a pretty good job. I mean, there were obviously there were some that survived, but statistically speaking, it was a disgustingly low percentage uh, of them. Um, and and I, but anyways, like the, I think that that model so far is the best thing we've seen. Where it's like we're not going to stay on Coruscant all the time. We're going to have outposts. Padawans actually go out to these outposts and train there like there are jedi there are padawans that like some of them don't see the actual temple on coruscant until they're knighted you know um and i and i like that because to serve to serve anyone and to step in as a peacekeeping body i will stand by the fact that you need to be you have to be familiar and and you have to know on, on an intimate level the people that you're you're helping, right? You can't right. just go into a, a random place, not have any idea of the culture, not have any idea of the you know the local customs, and just you know kick the door down for lack of a better phrase. So I I like that idea. I like that model where they have these outposts on these planets. The Padawans are going in training there, but while they're doing that, the knights, the masters, and the Padawans that are there are also having to coexist with these people and thus they can protect them better. They, they, they become somewhat of the local experts, um, on that planet, maybe the system that they're in. And then when the, when the opportunity arises, they're much more of a trusted ally, you know, a trusted friend rather than this, you know, this, this wave of white helmets and Jedi generals who, no matter how how much they say they stand for good, if you never if you've never met them, there's always that question of what good is act is this actually going to do? Are we going to actually get harmed or you know whatever? Um, excuse me, but yeah, it was kind of kind of like uh, in Solo when you know Han he's in that first battle or I was might not be his first battle, but he's in the mud trenches and he's like, why exactly are we here? Like we're going to this planet and causing a problem. Like, like what are they doing wrong type of thing? And it's like the Jedi could have that same effect on people. Like the Jedi came to their planet and they like, what are you doing here? Like we didn't need any help. Why are you coming by? If you, you know, they're building relationships, then they're going to trust you. So, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, you know, I don't have the answer per se, but there has to, going back, there has to be a line. There has to be a point where the involvement becomes, it's too much. And they have to take a step back. 
And there has to be someone appointed to make, or a governing body appointed to make that decision. Um, you know, because like, it, it's no, it's no secret that Qui-Gon was very much opposed to the way the Jedi were doing things and how closely tied they were to the Republic, um, almost as their first allegiance, you know, more so than the force. Um, and that was one of the things that they lost sight of. We, you know, we talked about that, how they lost sight of the overall guidance of the force and got swept up in politics too. Um, but my, you know, if I had to like summarize all of, you know, these fragmented thoughts, if I were to come up with a solution, I think it would be something along the lines of they need to be ambassadors. They need to be mediators, like you said, but there also has to be another first option. It can't be them. It, it needs to be, you know, I don't know, like we, we have local police forces and then we have our military. Right. They, there needed to be a unified, like Republic wide defense force, you know, like Senator Toon is, is talking about that can be the first responders. They can, they can be the disaster relief, but then in certain situations like the great disaster in the first high Republic book, like that's far beyond the scope of normal people. Like right. <laughs> the stuff that was done that day could not have been done by anybody else. And, and those are moments where I'm like, of course, like go save people, you know, levitate people that are falling, falling from high places or like put out fires with the force or like do something when your normal resources are taxed or spread too thin or it's too much. But I, I, I feel like any more outside of that, you're, you're you're beginning to to swim in dangerous waters where you can you can lose yourself um and uh yeah one of the speaking of losing yourself i i really enjoy losing myself in uh, a good cup of coffee <laughs> yeah i do i i do every single time uh and if if you were to ask me uh where where do you get a good cup of coffee what if, what if I don't want to leave my house? I want to have my coffee delivered straight to my house. You want to be a hermit and this thing. You want to be house. a hermit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have an answer for you. And, and not only do I have an answer, but it just so happens that that answer, this, this, this uh, business is also the sponsor of today's episode. Ooh. And that is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. So let's take a quick moment and listen to a word from that sponsor. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor of today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that whether you live in the Twin Cities or not, you can get their coffee beans delivered straight to your door by ordering them online. They even have a subscription service that ensures you never run out of amazing coffee. If you've been looking for some new coffee to try or a way to elevate your normal coffee routine, now's your chance. Head over to wesleyandrews.cc, use the code Empire Radio, that's with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, to get 15% off your first purchase of any bags of coffee or a coffee subscription. I can't think of a better deal. Get 15% off some great coffee, support a small business, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. 
In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Jeremiah's laughing because he, uh, we were during, during the ad, uh, we were looking through the discord, uh, chat. Um, and there's a meme. There's always a meme. And I love that about our discord. Uh, especially the ones that are at our expense because they're almost always really funny. Even there, even if they're me, I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of those. So, uh, yeah, we're doing like I'm, I alluded to this earlier, but we're uh, for those of you listening uh, to the audio version, we're doing something a little different because Drew's not here. So we don't have a live stream, but we did kind of jerry rig something in our discord. Uh, and we have we, we opened it up to our discord members to to join and watch us uh, record the episode tonight via the discord video chat. And there is a chat running as well. So it's like a much more exclusive version of Twitch, uh, slightly more janky, but it works. Uh, and so this is another reason why we'll talk about this in a little bit, but if you haven't joined the discord already, you may miss out on opportunities like these where if you just watch, if you just watch on Twitch, thank you, please don't stop. But obviously you're not catching this live stream, uh, because we don't have one. So uh, Jeremiah, any more thoughts on the Cantina discussion, Jedi, what they should do, what they shouldn't do? Uh, just something I was thinking was uh, during like Rebels and during the original trilogy, um, like Kanan, Ezra, Ahsoka, and then Luke, they were seen as like beacons of hope. And so yeah. they were more, they're seen kind of as an inspiration to keep pushing forward. Um, and they weren't really necessarily dependent on them for things, but they were, they saw them as hope. And so, yeah, the Jedi kind of would, you know, for lack of a term, hopefully inspire people (laughs) to, yeah, to, to do their own battles and to figure things out on their own. Um, and the Jedi were just there to lead by example and step in when needed that that is a good point actually because they there could be involvement you know it's like the the old saying and of course i'm paraphrasing because i don't remember the exact thing but it's like if you know you fish for a man versus you teach a man to fish um and and you could you could i think it's a great application to send them in and uh you know, have them train people like, like, you know, Mando, the, uh, Mando did in that episode of, what was it? Season one, episode episode four. four. Yeah. Yeah. Where they went in and trained, you know, trained the villagers. And I mean, the same thing in the, in the seven samurai inspired episode of the clone wars. Yeah. Where, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, uh, did that. Um, I think that's a great application. Send them in, teach them how to fight and then well make sure that they're capable <laughs> and that good leadership is also in place but then you can step out because you don't want to teach them how to fight and then put them in the hands of like this like a sociopath or something where they're they it's just, it just falls apart but um it, that's a great application and i think that that's a healthy application where you know, 
instead of keeping the peace for them, maybe they're teaching them how to keep their own peace. Right. Or you send them in and te- and help them, you know, help people learn diplomacy, help them learn uh, mediation skills. You know, it's not like they're going in and having workshops or s- <laughs> seminars, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, I think that that's a good point. Yeah. I think that that would be a great role for the Jedi. And that's something other than those few episodes that were directly inspired by seven samurai. I don't know if we've seen that. Uh, you know, th- we do see in- on Onderon, you know, them go in to train Saul Guerrera. Yeah. And his forces. But I feel like that's still not something we see very often that could have been done more. So, right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Cool. Anything else? No. All right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and move on to voicemail time. It's one of my favorite moments of the week. Uh, really quickly, for those of you that don't know, we do have the ability to send in a voicemail. Um, like you, you actually get on the phone and you record yourself up to a minute, you send it in, uh, and we'll either play it on air and listen to it live uh, and react to it. Or if you don't want your voice to be heard, you can just say so in the voicemail and we'll still answer your question. Um, but we do these every Tuesday night. Um, so if you want an opportunity to ask us a question, it doesn't have to be about Star Wars. You can do that. And if you want to want to know how to do that, stay tuned because we will talk about that in just a moment. All right, let's go ahead and transition to voicemail time. You don't want to, you don't want to do a Drew's thing while he's not here. He could have no. he been in this episode. <laughs> oh man, I actually didn't even. I still need to. I need to get one really good take of him singing the little jingle. Yeah. And then what I'm gonna do is you'll hear the bum 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 bum, and then you'll hear in the background voicemail time. <laughs> it's just gonna, <laughs> just gonna kind of kind of float in on the wind in the background. Right. Uh, so yeah, once, uh, maybe, maybe next week, maybe next week we can talk about it ahead of time and I'll, I'll make sure we get a really good one from him. <laughs> and then, uh, we might have a new jingle, a, a, a new, new jingle coming up here. But anyways, uh, speaking of Drew, Jeremiah, the first voicemail is from Drew's mic. Awesome. Uh, what is it? Okay. So Drew's, please forgive me, Drew's mic. You're what the seventh host? sixth host of the show <laughs> or wait know. with drew's mic i think might have been the was it the first or was the water bottle i have no idea there's so many I don't I don't there's 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 three someone someone in the stream will will be able to tell me uh but anyways we love drew's microphone here and so let's listen to this message from drew's mic Hey guys, Drew's microphone here. First time caller, long time listener. Well, I actually called once before, but this is my first call since I became self-aware and developed (laughs) intelligence and the ability to speak. It's been an eventful time recently, though a little bit stressful, what with Drew moving me and his studio and with him becoming a father. 
I'm happy my good friend's life is moving in a positive direction. Oh. But I'm worried he'll spend more time playing with baby Miles than he will talking with me. <laughs> the anxiety and sleep deprivation that comes from having a newborn is no joke. And I hope Drew knows that I'm here for him if he needs some help. Oh. As I'm sure all of the Empire Radio community is. Best of luck, Drew, buddy. That... <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. It uh, was. Drew, first of all, Drew's microphone, you sound like a little bit like Soundwave from Transformers, which is a great thing because he has a really cool voice. I love your love love what you're doing with your your voice and congratulations on become self, becoming self-aware. That's that's a big that is a big deal. Pretty scary. Um <laughs> but good job, buddy. You did it. Um and what a great heart! Uh, yep. I honestly, that's that's really good to know that you're uh, concerned, so concerned for Drew and his well-being. So, uh, I, I we will make sure that he hears this. He hears that message. Or you could just tell him yourself. He's probably just in the other room right now. That's true. I don't know <laughs> if you've learned how to yell yet. Uh, you can just yell at him. Um, but um, yeah, we the whole Empire Radio family wishes him the best and. They are doing good. He's doing great. I don't, again, I don't know how much sleep he's actually getting, but we'll find out next week. Uh, if he gets on and he's completely incoherent, <laughs> he just can't say anything or do anything. We'll, we'll know if he's lost his mind. Uh, but no, I think he's, I think he's doing well. So thank you for sending that in. I actually look forward to hearing more from you now that you are self-aware. Yeah. Uh, just don't take over the podcast, please. Or the world. Ooh. Uh, but if you do take over the world, we're 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 partners with you. We're yeah, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. don't don't, yep, don't yep, kill yep. us. We're with you. Yes. We yeah, yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're right behind you. And if you happen to come across any sort of like insider stock knowledge or crypto knowledge that can get uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah the funds he needs to make some of his fan fictions a reality, ooh, uh, well, let us know. The the Powerball is like over four hundred million right now, I think. So pretty soon when it hits that five hundred million, and so I'm gonna, gonna buy my ticket. You're gonna go buy your ticket, yeah, dude. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let me let me know when that happens. I'll make sure that. Oh, you'll know. Jeremiah uh, <laughs> <if it laughs> said you'll know. <laughs> All right, uh, and then we have one more voicemail, and this one is from one of our longtime listeners and friends, Riley. So let's give that a listen. Hey guys, uh, it's me riley uh, it's been a while i know um but been i've while. been in the lab for this question um if you can name you know one two or maybe three of what you consider herculean feats for yourself um oh. you know they say hercules was the slayer of the nemen lion and all that um what would they be for example i could say mine is a uh, cooker of minute rice in 58 seconds Ooh, <laughs> wow but yeah uh, it's good to be back and i should actually be in the stream tonight thanks guys thank you that's that's a really good question uh and also riley you were in the stream you are in the stream right now so thank you for for being here so three herculean well he he's, he's are... it it ranged from one to to three so like what if we can think of our personal Herculean feats? Um, 
cooker of one minute rice in 58 seconds. That's, That's pretty nuts. Wow. I didn't know I was friends with such greatness. I, I didn't. Um, and that is a question I haven't thought about. Um, Jeremiah, well, do, you, do you have well, any? I was able to fit a whole muff, cupcake <laughs> muffin in my mouth at one time. That was pretty pretty intense. Um, Jer- so it would be Jeremiah, <laughs> the devourer of muffins in one bite. Or... I don't know how how would you how would you put that in a way that's not too wordy. You could know. just be the muffin king, the muffin king, the muffin man. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't um, I, I don't know if I'd say that. But. Um, but I'll, maybe something more serious would be like, um, I was able to pay off my college debt in two years, seven months. So, yep, that one hurts. That because was, it, rem- it reminds me of the debt that I have to pay. If you ever want some financial advice, I can <laughs> go over your numbers and I can save you some money. Yeah. No, that is, that is actually, that's in today's day and age, that is Herculean for, sh- for sure. Um, man. This one is completely insignificant, but it's one that I'm quite proud of. I have... <laughs> Okay, hear me out. Oh, I have the ability to throw ice. I would say it's a solid ninety-eight point nine percent of the time. It's like it's it's like a weirdly high success rate. I can throw ice from my fridge. Like if I get too much out of the ice machine, and I want to put some in the sink, I can throw it, and it goes straight down into the drain through the little rubber piece because we have a disposal as well. No like ricocheting sliding around the sink. Like I am strangely good at throwing it and it going straight down without a sound. How how far is the sink from? It's like a solid three and a half feet, but it's also the angle. It's also the angle. Like I can't, I can't see. I, I promise you, this is a thing. I'm, look, I'm proud of it. Uh, okay? You guys shoot a video of you doing this. I will. This. I will. It, it's it happens so much that I I have made comments about it to my wife, and she's so not impressed, and she's like, "Okay, whatever, no, honey," and she walks away. I mean, I think she watched me do it once. She's like, "Oh, that's cool," <laughs> but like, I don't know. What's I, what's that YouTube channel where they do all those crazy like trick shots with basketball? Oh like, man. Uh, my first thought was Mr. Beast, and that's definitely not that's it. That's not it. Uh, it's not the Try Guys. No. It's not. They, they're probably telling us in, the, in this thing right now. I know I know what you're talking Dude about. Dude Perfect. Though. Dude Perfect. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe you could join them. <laughs> I, yeah, but, but, only, <laughs> but only if it's ice into right. a sink. I'm trying to think. What's another? What's another thing? herculean thing i know that there there are some i just don't remember something from your from your uh was it karate or taekwondo what were you right yeah what did you have anything from there that has carried over and continued on no uh i I mean i was and still i am to a certain extent i'm like good at fighting but (laughs) that's not really herculean um Oh, okay. Here's here here's one that is extremely nerdy, 
and that only like maybe three people in the entire discord will actually appreciate probably less but maybe three i can listen to a song and not every time but a majority of the time be able to tell you if there's a guitar in the track be able to tell you what type of guitar give you a good idea of the type of amp and the type of the effects they were using for the recording it's it's pretty accurate i don't know how i would label I, like i don't know how i would wear that like andrew the guitar it would just be guitar nerd <laughs> the, the guy who cares way too much about the guitar sounds but um the the guitar guitar whisperer like something can... like that <laughs> like there there have definitely been times where i've done that and then like watched a rig rundown of an artist and been like see nailed it and then no one cares <laughs> like i like my my wife is amazing and she she can she can hold her own when it comes to guitar knowledge like we have good discussions about this stuff but there comes a point when i'm doing that where she's like okay <laughs> that's great i'll be like yeah that's actually it's a, that's definitely a strat with like this sort of a thing blah 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 and she's like yeah we know i know i'm aware we i live with you i know that you're a nerd you know so anyways all right that's a good question though. It's a fun question. Um so yeah. All right. Well, Jeremiah, we've reached that time again. Everyone's favorite section. Favorite section. Social media time. Yep. Uh so really quickly, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the short version uh and leave the rest up to y'all. So if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast right now, go down to the description. There's going to be a link that says, it'll say connect with us. And then right into that, the link will say links.co with two I's, L-I-I-N-K-S dot C-O forward slash Empire Radio. Click that. It's a landing page. It has all of the links to our social media accounts, including, I was going to say, but not limited to, but it is limited to these (laughs) options, including Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, and there's a link to our Discord as well if you want to join that. There's also a link in that landing page to leave a voicemail. Um, I believe that Anchor, uh, the, the the service that we use to publish our episodes, also uh, autofills that link for us uh, in the description as well. So there might be a link that says in, in, some, in part of the URL, like a voicemail, leave a voicemail, something like that. You can click that as well. Um, but this link... This is like the one link to rule them all when when it comes to Empire Radio stuff. Like you can literally access all of our stuff, including the Discord. Uh, you know, you can get to our Twitch to to be a, to follow us and be a part of the streams when they happen every Tuesday night at uh, eight PM Central, nine PM Eastern. Um, and if you're not listening to the audio version of this, you're catching it catching us on Twitch or on YouTube. Um, there is the same link in our Twitch about us bio. So if you go to twitch.tv forward slash empire radio, you can get it there and you can get it in the bio on our Instagram account, which you don't have to have an account to access. You can literally type it into a browser, instagram.com forward slash empire radio podcast, all one word, I'll click it there. So yeah, connect with us uh, because a podcast is not a podcast without listeners, without fans, without supporters. It's just 
people recording themselves talking about something. <laughs> and that's a lot less cool uh, than what we do now. So thank you so much for being involved, for listening, for checking us out, uh, for being a part of the Discord, for being a part of the streams, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, seriously, we don't take it for granted. Even though Jeremiah is, Jeremiah is yawning during this, as yep. I'm saying all these heartfelt things, he's over there. <laughs> uh, it's it's late, uh, but no, for real, we don't take it for granted, um, and it does mean that it means the world to us because we wouldn't be able to do any of this without you. So thank you. All right, anything else, Jeremiah? Nope, just we we back to full strength. Oh, someone jumped into the stream. Did you see that? <gasps> someone jumped into the stream. It's Drew. Drew is here. Can you talk? Oh, yeah, yeah. He oh. can talk. Oh. oh, oh, a little baby. Oh, he. What's up? There he is. Oh, look at baby Miles. No one. So no one actually listening to the to the podcast <laughs> is going to be able to get any of this. But I'll I'll describe it to you. So Drew randomly just hopped in on Discord, and he's holding Miles, his his newborn baby, and he's adorable. Oh my goodness. What a what a nice cameo. Oh, this completely nice. unex, unexpected cameo at the end there. We didn't plan this. Uh Oh. Ooh. He's a little milk drunk, he says. It's the best type of being drunk. I oh, that would have been a great segue to like, you know, when you have a hangover, what do you need to cure you your hangover? Coffee, but we already passed. We already passed that. We're uh, past we already that did now. the ad. So, all right. Well, <laughs> Jeremiah, uh, do you have anything else? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, you have been listening to another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah, and we miss Drew, and he'll be back next week. May the force be with you, always. always.